The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Knit. Knit enables businesses of all sizes to reach customers through audio ads on premium podcast content like CNN, Bleacher Report, and TMZ. They are a dynamic ad insertion platform, which allows you to choose your shows, geographies, and keywords to target the audience that you want to reach with podcast advertising. And since Knit is a self-service platform, there's no minimum order sizes. I'm a Knit customer, and I can vouch that it's an incredibly easy and cost-efficient way to market your product or service. And if you're interested in learning about podcast advertising, you can book a 30-minute strategy session with me to learn about the Knit platform by clicking the link in our show notes or by going to benjshap.com slash knit. That's K-N-I-T. So if you're interested in learning about podcast advertising, if you want some help getting set up with Knit, click the link in our show notes or head over to benjshap.com slash knit, K-N-I-T, to schedule your podcast advertising strategy session with me and start building your audience with Knit. Bringing podcast advertising to the people, that's Knit. Okay, welcome to Career Day on the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to learn about the skills accumulated and the lessons learned from a great marketer throughout the various stops on his career. Joining us today is Michael Lukic, who recently took a role as an executive leader of marketing and analytics insights at Booz Allen Hamilton, which is a management technology and engineering consulting firm that provides services to leading Fortune 500 companies, governments, and large nonprofits. Prior to his role at Booz, Michael has worked as an in-house marketer for consumer brands, including GE, Marriott, and my personal favorite, Total Wine. He is also an adjunct professor of digital analytic measurement at a little school in our nation's capital called Georgetown. Here is our interview with Michael Lukic from Booz Allen Hamilton Consulting. Michael, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, Ben. Great to be here. It's very exciting to have you here, and you've got a lot going on these days. I know that you were recently a speaker at the MarTech Boston Conference. You just took a new job at Booz Allen Hamilton. What else you got going on? Seems like you're a busy man these days. <laughs> well, between all of that and trying to chase around an almost three-year-old and almost one-year-old at home, I have my hands full, so things are good. There must be 26 hours in your day. <laughs> I wish. Well, let's start off. I'd love for you to give us a little bit of a career walkthrough. Um, let's start in the beginning. Why did you get into marketing? 
That's a good question. And if you kind of asked me that question when I was in school, I would have never thought that I would have gotten into marketing. I actually went to the University of Maryland and majored in engineering and was planning to be an engineer. And after I left the University of Maryland, I took a role as a consultant for Accenture, mostly on the IT side and technology side. So I was doing a lot of systems implementations and technology work for them and working in a variety of different roles for a few different companies. Along the way, I was on a project where I was implementing an Oracle CRM database for an organization and was working a lot with the end users, which happened to be the marketers. And as I was building out test scripts, I talked a lot around their use cases and how they were actually using the various data within the data environment. And I was fascinated by a lot of the end use cases. And it was looking to kind of what the next chapter of my career was going to be. And it was something that was super interesting to me. So I decided to shift careers a little bit and focus in marketing with a more data-driven spin on things too. So I decided to go back to get my MBA back to the University of Maryland, but this time focusing on analytic marketing. Interesting. You know, I've heard this story a few times, obviously not your exact one, but the nature of marketing is changing so much and it's why the MarTech industry is rising. And I've heard various people who are great marketers now either coming in from finance or coming in from an engineering background. And that's one of the things that I think is so interesting about marketing today, where there's the creative side, and then there's the quantitative side, and then there's the technical component. And it's allowing for all these people with different experiences to come work together to solve a similar problem. And I think people are just doing an incredible job doing creative things using engineering backgrounds, using their finance backgrounds, the quantitative side. You mentioned that you went back to school to get an MBA and focus on basically quantitative marketing. What was your major at school? So we really didn't have majors there. I did focus in marketing and that's where the marketing tracks were. And and we had a lot of various marketing electives and I tended to focus more in the quantitative ones. I definitely still took the brand management classes and some of the creative classes as well. But as you mentioned, along that spectrum of the very creative side of marketing to the very data-driven side of marketing, I'm certainly much more on the data-driven side of things. And that's what's interesting to me. And that's where I chose to pursue a lot of my studies. So going to school, your focus is on quantitative marketing. Um, You come back with an engineering background. Tell me about what the transition was like and Was there anything that you learned while you went back to school that you didn't expect? Well, the first thing I learned was that I actually enjoyed school, (laughs) much different than uh, my undergrad days. And I was fascinated by just the subject matter of everything. I think where I had it easier was within the quantitative classes, just the simple math within them. I had a lot of background in that. And that was where I kind of had an easier learning curve of being able to get up to speed quickly. What was more difficult for me and one thing that I was fascinated by and just did a lot of work to get up to speed on was just how businesses work in general. And you know, I probably was much more naive during my time at Accenture and very much not looking at the big picture of things and just kind of stuck in my own box of writing code or working in databases that I didn't get a chance to see how businesses operate. And that was something that was eye-opening to me is seeing not only just the marketing part of the organization, but how different parts of the organization worked together to ultimately drive sales and engage with customers. So you come out of your MBA program, now you've got a technical background, you've got quantitative marketing skills. Where do you land? So I took a role at Marriott. 
it was a bridge role essentially for where I wanted to go and where I came from. So I took a role within their IT organization in a business program management office within the IT organization. So working on managing the planning and reporting and tracking of a lot of the projects that were happening within the marketing organization, but being executed by their IT organization. So it was kind of a mix between where I wanted to be and where my previous career was. So it sounds like you were essentially a liaison between the marketing project management and the engineering teams. That's exactly right. Okay. What was the takeaway? What were the things that you learned from being in that role? And how did it help vault you forward in your marketing career? I think the biggest takeaway I learned was just how different marketing operates from IT, but in reality, how much the two have to rely on one another. And it taught me a lot about how important it is to have people who can straddle both of those lines and work with the marketing organization as well as the IT organization and speak both of those languages. So there was something I struggled with in my first few months at Marriott was learning the ropes and getting comfortable working with both parts of the organization and tailoring my communications to the specific, whether it's specifically IT or specifically marketing. But as I got more comfortable and as I learned how to engage with different parts of the organization, it became much more clear to me how to actually get things done in both parts. That's really interesting. And it's something that I've observed in my career is you're in a role that's a liaison between multiple teams, and they essentially speak different languages. And I've always felt that on some of the more challenging roles I've had, I've had to interface directly with the engineering team. And it feels like they speak in very binary terms. It's like everything should be more black and white because they have to code it to have an input and an output. And in marketing, things are much more fluid so the language actually feels very different. So it makes sense that being in that middleman role, that you are a translator between the different teams. That's exactly right. And I think having credentials in both groups helped give myself a little bit of credence with both parts of the organization. So working in IT for as long as I did at Accenture gave me a little bit of leeway with those folks. And the people in marketing saw that I had an MBA. So being able to kind of straddle both lines allowed me to better communicate with both individuals. Right. So you spent roughly a year doing business strategy, being the liaison between multiple different teams at Marriott. And you moved on to a role that, according to your LinkedIn page, you stayed at for a while. Talk to me about why you transitioned away from Marriott and what did it lead you to? As I mentioned, when I joined Marriott, it was kind of between where I was and where I wanted to go. And I was presented with an opportunity at a company called MarketBridge, which is a niche sales and marketing consultancy to work within their marketing analytics group as a consultant and working with some of the great clients that they worked with. And one, it was back in the consulting world, which is what I was comfortable with. I really loved and enjoyed working with clients and working in consulting. But two, rather than being kind of that liaison between marketing and IT, now I was actually doing the marketing and measuring marketing efforts and using data to drive strategy and drive decisions and inform how my clients would be building their marketing strategy. So it was a really exciting opportunity, really interesting to me, and something that I was really excited to jump into. So you mentioned that this was basically your first real marketing role. And it was also you moving back into a consulting environment. Tell me what it's like for you to be a consultant in a marketing capacity. 
it was interesting because it was much more strategic. It was much more full cycle, full scale initiatives than what I was used to at Accenture. When I came into roles at Accenture, I was a small cog in a big engine and I was brought on to do a specific task in a large scale contract with either a client or a government agency or whatever it might be. You're one of 60 people on a team. <laughs> exactly. When I was at MarketBridge, I was one of three, four, five people on a team and typically working with the CMO or an SVP of an organization tackling some of their key marketing initiatives and starting from the very base problem that they might have, which is maybe they were looking to acquire more customers. Maybe they were looking to understand why they weren't retaining customers as well as they should have been. So we were starting with a very basic question and designing analytic experiments and designing tests to one, understand why they were seeing the results they were seeing, but then to make recommendations and be more prescriptive about what they could do to turn that around. So being involved from the very, very beginning and building the strategy out to ultimately seeing it through and making those recommendations at the end was a rewarding and great experience. Talk to me about how your skills as a marketer developed in the four years you spent doing marketing analytics consulting. I would say very significantly. Quite honestly, during my time in my MBA program, that was really all of my marketing experience. And it's a great education, but a lot of the education is baked in theory. So when you actually are kind of on boots on the ground at various organizations, you're seeing what their actual marketing challenges are. And I was learning on the job for four and a half years, and that was a great way to learn on the job. I would also say that inherently, I think a lot of people kind of get marketing for B2C because we've all grown up as consumers. So we kind of have the experience of how a lot of organizations market to us. The B2B marketing side of the world was very, very new and very, very different to me. And I think that's where I learned the most about marketing in general was just the differences of how a B2B marketing organization operates compared to a B2C marketing organization. I totally agree that there is a significant difference between marketing and theory when you're studying marketing and learning your four P's of marketing and everything is kind of binary. And what marketing is really like when the bullets start flying. There's the Mike Tyson quote, everybody's got a plan till they get punched in the mouth, I think it is. <laughs> and, you know, in marketing, it's like that. It's like we have channels we're planning on executing against and sometimes we put budget against them and they don't work and you have to get scrappy and creative. So you're getting practical experience as a marketer in consulting, and you're working with multiple different clients. Was there any specific niche or area that you focused on the most? Any sort of practice that you invested in learning? Sure. So the majority of my clients were in either retail, hospitality, or technology. So I spent a lot of time working with some office supply companies in the retail space. I spent some time working with some travel and leisure and hospitality organizations. And I spent some time working with some larger B2B technology organizations. Really, within each of those areas, it was tackling various problems throughout their customer journeys and customer lifecycle. But for the most part, it was trying to help them understand how do we acquire new customers? How do we retain the customers that we do have or win back customers that we've lost? And how do we upsell customers that we have as loyal customers? It's interesting that you're finding similarities across multiple different types of marketing, whether it's B2B or B2C and across different industries. What do you think are the main differences in marketing between those industries that you worked with? 
Well, it was interesting, and I kind of gave those three different examples. The hospitality world tended to be much more B2C, and your focus is understanding how to engage consumers and how do you, the term they always said was, how do you get heads in beds, right? And that's what the effort was. It was measuring different marketing efforts, promotional efforts. Loyalty was a big, big, big component. I was just going to say that it seems like hospitality is very much about loyalty and retaining existing customers. Absolutely. And you especially get the business travelers who are on the road 120 days out of the year. And if you're Hilton or if you're Marriott, you know you want to get all of that share wallet. <laughs> you don't want that person kind of shopping around. It's like Vegas. You're just looking for the whales. That's exactly right. And then on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, working with B2B technology organizations, similar-ish in the sense that they're still trying to sell their computers or printers or whatever it is that they're selling to other large organizations. And they're trying to drive loyalty and retention. Just the tactics of how they're engaging with those different organizations was much different. And the selling cycle was a lot longer. So you have to actually measure a lot more touch points along the way, because there's a lot more of a chance that you can actually go wrong and lose a sale. And each sale has a bigger impact in the overall bottom line. Working in kind of the retail office supply space was interesting because it's a mix of both worlds. You have a B2C component, which is the consumers coming into your stores or ordering on your e-commerce sites. But then you also have lots of offices that are buying paper and buying printers and buying ink. And you had that B2B component as well, too. So it was kind of a mix of both. Yeah, I'd imagine there's a totally different margin structure between hospitality, B2B enterprise sales, and then office space where people are buying paper. And that changes your marketing mix drastically. That's absolutely true, right? And it's tied to everything from what you're doing in terms of tactics to how much energy and time that you're willing to spend on one individual deal. So you spent about four years at Marketing Bridge doing marketing consultant. Eventually, you decided to move on. What was the reason for the move and where did you land? To be honest with you, the reason for the move was consulting is a fairly hectic lifestyle. You're on the road traveling considerably. And my wife and I had our first kid and I decided I didn't want to be on the road anymore. So there's a lifestyle component into your career management. (laughs) Exactly right. So from there, I was given an opportunity, which was an interesting shift for me, but I was given an opportunity to actually go run the marketing organization for a company called Wealth Engine. Wealth Engine is a consumer data organization that specializes in selling wealth data to other businesses and organizations as a tool to help them target wealthy individuals. Sometimes that could be for nonprofits to help them identify high net worth individuals to engage for donations, or that could be luxury brands to identify people who might be wealthier who could actually afford their products. I was brought on to run the marketing for that organization, which was, I guess, if I was going to run marketing for any organization, that was a logical one, considering that the people I was selling to were people like me. I was selling it to data-driven marketers who were trying to actually supplement their first-party data with valuable third-party data to enhance their marketing efforts. So you went in-house and worked in a data-driven company that was selling basically a B2B service. That's correct. We had a SaaS product that we sold to businesses. Right. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. 
Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Tell me about what that experience was like, and you're running your own show for the first time as a marketer. How is that different than being a consultant? Well, at the end of the day, I'm not giving recommendations. I'm actually executing my strategies as well. So that was a big change for me. One of the other big challenges for me in general was I was very much focused on the data and technology side of consulting for marketing. So a lot of my recommendations were based on how do we actually use data and how do we actually use technology to drive strategy. By jumping into this role, I was not only responsible for that, but I was and responsible for generating new leads and lead flow through our pipeline and making sure that we're qualifying leads and passing them over to sales effectively. But I was also responsible for things like the creative, our PR, our branding, our analyst relations, planning events, things like that. And it was a little bit of a stretch for me and required me to learn a lot on the job and rely on my great team to help me along the way. So how did you figure out without a creative background, without an events marketing background, how did you figure out how to execute against all of those different channels? I think the easier side of it was that because, like I mentioned earlier, I was marketing to guys like me, I almost put myself in the shoes of the audience and thought about the type of messaging and the type of content that would resonate with me. And that was definitely a good way of looking at it for myself. If I was trying to sell something entirely different to a totally different persona, I probably would have struggled a lot more. From the pure creative side of things and the pure branding side of things, it definitely involved having to have a team that I trusted and relied on and made sure that I empowered them to make decisions that were best for our part of the organization. One of the things that I like about your description of this experience in your career is that you're aware of the things that you don't have experience in and you're engaging your team and empowering them to help you knowing that's something that you're not specifically experienced in. And I think that's a sign of a good leader knowing what their capacity is and what their experience is. Was this your first experience as a manager or were you managing a team at MarketBridge? No, I managed a team at MarketBridge. But in consulting, it's a little bit different because your team changes from engagement to engagement. So you might not necessarily have the same team 
throughout your entire time there. When I was at Wealth Engine, I did have the same team throughout my entire time. So it was the first time kind of working with a static team throughout. Right. And you were at Wealth Engine for roughly a year and a half. What did you accomplish while you were there? One of the big things and big challenges that I came into when I first joined Wealth Engine was that we were spending a lot of money on things like events and other expensive channels of marketing. And we didn't really have a lot of data that measured the return that we were actually getting on those events. So we had a very high cost per lead, but we weren't able to quantify the actual value of each of those leads as well. So I came into that challenge and immediately I was challenged by my CEO to reduce our expenses overall, reduce our cost per lead overall, but at the same time, keep our lead generation at the same or grow those levels. So it involved us trying to get a lot more creative and realizing that maybe we can't just rely on going to events and spending a lot of money setting up booths and having sponsorship at events to drive leads. We had to use more inexpensive but effective digital channels to drive leads as well too. So over the course of my first year there, we reduced our costs per lead by about 75%. And we actually increased our lead generation by 25% during that same time. And that was really just by shuffling our marketing mix and changing the dollars that we were putting into different channels. So it sounds like you inherited a marketing organization that was primarily focused on awareness building activities like events, and you made the shift to a more digital marketing focus. Were there any specific channels that you invested in that were high ROI? So we found a lot of success in paid social. We found a lot of success in partner marketing. So those were kind of two of our biggest channels that drove a lot of leads for us. So working through social channels, specifically trying to target our exact ideal customer. And we did spend a lot of time up front identifying who that actually was down to the details of the size of their company, what industry they were in, their job title. And as we had those personas, we looked for people that fit that criteria on various social channels and targeted them with various content, various messaging, and various advertisements. We also spent a lot of time focusing our efforts on partner marketing. So one of the values of our tool there, of our SaaS platform, was that we integrated with a lot of different technologies like Salesforce and Marketo and other platforms like that. We just leveraged those networks and marketed through their partner channels. And that opened up a network of potential customers that we could reach using Salesforce or using Marketo's name to get us an in with those organizations. Makes sense. You eventually moved on to my favorite stop on your career, Total Wine. Tell me about the reason for the transition and the role at Total Wine. Yeah. So Wealth Engine was great. It was a challenge. It stretched me. But I really missed the technology and data side of things. And I really wanted to shift and get back more into a more analytic and technology role. And uh, was given an opportunity to go to Total Wine and run their marketing technology group. So I decided to take that opportunity. And I had prior retail experience. And I love Total Wine as well, too, as a customer. So it was a nice jump for me. First thing I have to ask is, do you get a product discount when you work for Total Wine? And do you still have access to it? <laughs> yes, you get a product discount for working there. My wife and I took advantage of that product discount. No, I don't still have access to it. But needless to say, before I left the organization, we stocked up my entire cellar. So I have boxes of wine that will probably last us for a couple of years. Cool. I'm coming over. <laughs> 
So you went from a marketing role to a marketing and technology role. Tell me about what the difference between the two is and just describe the role at Total Wine to us. Sure. So at Total Wine, I owned our marketing technology stack as well as our customer data. So any technology that we use to execute our marketing tactics from our really large ones like our CRM or our email service provider or our customer data warehouse to our really small ones like a small little one-off event management platform, that fell underneath me and my team. And I was responsible for not only managing the relationships with the various vendors, but also making sure that they all fit together and that we were planning effectively in the future for as we were upgrading our tech stack to make sure that the various pieces work together as well. I was also responsible for the customer data. So as a retailer, as you know, we we capture a lot of customer data from how people are engaging with us on on our digital channels, but also just they're coming into our stores and they're buying a product and they were signing up for our loyalty program. So what we're doing with that customer data and how we actually combine that with third-party data and transform that into data that we can actually activate throughout various marketing campaigns that rolled up underneath me as well. Interesting. Talk to me about what you learned making the transition from being the head of the marketing department to being the head of a marketing and technology department. Well, it was an adjustment. There were definitely things that I was used to doing that I no longer had to do anymore, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. The more challenging piece was going from a company with about 100 people overall to a company where there were close to 100 people just in marketing. That was a big adjustment going back to a large organization and really finding my role within the organization. It was kind of back to that initial role that we talked about that led off our conversation, which is I was kind of straddling the line between marketing and IT. Only this time, I'm actually sitting within the marketing group. But I spent a lot of my time working with our technology group to plan out what the future looked like for Total Wine and implement various technologies. And also at the same time, keeping my stakeholders and my partners and colleagues within the marketing organization happy and making sure that they're getting what they actually need to execute their different strategies. So it sounds like this role was perfect for you in terms of your analytic background, you have a technological background, you've learned a lot about marketing, you had a chance to sort of run the entire show, do the branding... And then you decided to move on to back into consulting. Why did you make the change from being in-house to a consulting role? Are the kids old enough? Are they out of the house? So now you can get back on the road? Actually, I am still in-house at Booz Allen. So I was happy at Total Wine and I was engaged by Booz Allen several months back for this role, leading their marketing analytics and insights group, which was essentially the role that my boss had at Total Wine. So it was an upward move for me. It was a nice opportunity for me. And I was comfortable with the consulting space. And this kind of gave me the best of both worlds. I really loved consulting. I really enjoyed consulting. So I have all of that without the travel. I'm doing in-house marketing analytics work for a consulting organization. So it kind of felt like the perfect fit for me. So wait, let me make sure I understand this. Are you marketing Booz Allen Hamilton to prospective consulting clients? Or are you building infrastructure for the consultants to execute against their campaigns? 
The first one. So I'm part of their marketing organization at Booz Allen Hamilton, and we're developing content, thought leadership, marketing campaigns to ultimately try to generate awareness and demand for Booz Allen products and services and drive sales for our organization to ultimately implement at various companies or government agencies. So talk to me about the customers, the targeting, and what's the marketing mix? What's the channel mix for a global Fortune 500 focused consulting firm? It's different than what I've been used to. And it varies based on not only the type of service or product that we're actually selling, but also the type of customer. So about 90% of our business comes from either government or quasi-government agencies. So a large part of what we're doing is business to government marketing, which is slightly different than B2B space. The sales cycles are longer. Sometimes those deals have to go through complicated procurement processes. Sometimes there are a lot of different people that potentially touch a deal along the way. So you have to, while the overall landscape of potential individuals might be actually smaller from an overall market size perspective in terms of people quantity, it's still quite complicated in the sense that we have to really clearly communicate what it is we do and the various services and offerings that we have from Booz Allen and how we can actually be a perfect fit for the specific engagement that they're actually looking for. And then the other smaller part of our business, the commercial side of our business, is probably more what you think of when you think of traditional B2B consulting, where we either have a team of sales reps or business development reps who are trying to acquire, identify, or sell business while we're also producing content, thought leadership, and trying to bring people onto our web properties and fill out lead forms and push people down through the lead flow process. So you've gone from having a technical background, getting a marketing education, working in a hybrid role, being a consultant in marketing, running a marketing department, running a marketing technology department, and now on to an in-house role marketing a consulting practice. Throughout all the steps in your careers, what do you think are the most important skills that you've developed? I think it's learning how all of the pieces fit together. But I think the most important thing for me was figuring out the things that I didn't know and getting good at those things. So I very quickly knew from a young age, I was always very quantitatively driven. Numbers came more easily to me. And as an engineer, the data side of things was something that came more naturally to me. What did not come as naturally to me and still doesn't come as naturally to me is the business side of things and the creative side of marketing and branding and how different types of messaging aligns with different consumers. And that's something I have to work a lot harder at. So just being aware of where I need to spend a lot more effort to work on and making sure that I'm putting the necessary time, the necessary work and focusing on shoring up those areas. Are there any practical skills that you would recommend as you've gone through your career and sort of always focused on the quantitative and technical side to get into a leadership role? What are the practical skills that you would recommend for people that are early on in their career? I would say always know the numbers. And not just knowing the numbers, but knowing the KPIs of an organization and being able to stout them off very quickly. The thing that I always saw that impressed people the most and actually got more of an audience with executives is being able to provide analysis or reporting on 
what we actually did, but not just regurgitating numbers, but also being able to analyze what those numbers actually mean for the organization and being able to take prescriptive action or make prescriptive recommendations based on what you actually see from those numbers. So whether you're a data person or whether you're not a data person, if you're able to understand how you're doing as a business and what various KPIs you're actually seeing from an organization and then take steps as a result of that or change strategies as a result of that to improve on things, then I think that's a key critical step to moving up. Yeah, I think that understanding the data is one component, being able to understand what actions you can take. And then on the return side, being able to operationalize those strategies, that's really the whole gamut of activities for a marketer. It's not just understanding the data. It's not just putting the plan together. It's also about execution and evaluation. Yep, that's right. I agree. Last question before we let you go. Tell us a little bit about your long-term career plan. What's the goal? You seem to be happy in its early days at Booz, but is there a end career trajectory or a finish line in sight? What's the long-term plan for you? <laughs> well, being that I'm just finishing up my fourth week at Booz, I think in the shorter term, I'm looking to learn more about the business here and make a positive impact in what we're doing from a marketing standpoint. From a longer term perspective, to continue to grow as a marketer, continue to learn more and not stay stagnant. Are there any skills that you're trying to develop as you continue your career? And it sounds like you're very practiced in the sort of the quantitative side. You know, are you hoping to develop your creative skills or are you really looking to double down and focus and be a specialist? I think I've been on the other side and I actually really enjoy being a specialist. From my perspective, the MarTech space is constantly changing and it's constantly growing. And it takes a lot of effort just to stay up with all of the latest trends. So I'm spending a lot of my time just trying to understand what's coming next down the pike and how that really affects us as marketers and what we can do to implement that in what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. Hey, Michael, last question for you. Is there anything else that we can help you promote any way that anybody interested in getting to know you, learning about booze? How can listeners get in touch with you? They can reach me on Twitter at Michael Lukic or on my LinkedIn, Michael Lukic as well. So happy to have a conversation with anyone. I love talking marketing. I love talking data. So I would love to connect. Great. Okay. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Michael Lukic from Booz Allen Hamilton for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Michael, you can click the link in our show notes to visit his website, or you can reach out to him on Twitter or LinkedIn. His name is Michael Lukic, L-U-K-I-C-H. A special thanks to Knit for sponsoring this podcast. If you're interested in using podcast advertising to grow your reach, click the link in our show notes or go to benjshap.com slash knit. That's K-N-I-T to book your complimentary media strategy session with me. If you haven't had time to take notes while listening to this podcast, don't worry. We've got a summary and a full transcript of this episode on our website, which you can find through the link in our show notes or by going to martechpod.com. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. If you ever have MarTech questions, comments about the show, if you're interested in being one of our guests like Michael did, you can reach out to us through the Contact Us link on our show notes, or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Our company handle is BenJShap LLC, and my personal handle is BenJShap, which is B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we've got a bunch of great episodes lined up. 
So in addition to other career day episodes, we're going to talk about various channels of marketing over the next few weeks, including PR, paid social, organic, lots of great stuff coming up. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed next week. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.